0: what's up everybody paul hickey here with nooffseason.com welcome to the nooffseason.com family and the sports card strategy show we are here to help you make money flipping sports cards and build a collection that increases in value connor is cooking some stats up in the lab for wednesday's show and preparing to go to cgc cards with andy Kaysen and i for a behind the scenes tour tomorrow So he'll be back Wednesday. Joining me on today's show is Anthony Richardson, Colts QB. This 2023 downtown Anthony Richardson, I won in an eBay auction for just more than $500 that I'll be sending into PSA and selling for a profit in late August 2024. And Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker III, this 2022 kaboom rookie PSA 9 that I got For $300, you want to know how to buy the right card for the right player at the right time, and I'm here to help you. On today's show, we are going to talk about how to make money on vintage sports cards. I'm pumped about Paul's pickups. We'll hit on a new selling marker for Bronny James. We'll talk about why golf cards could be getting a boost. And of course, we'll talk directly to members of our NoOffSeason.com family and answer your questions. Fire show coming up right now. My brother. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Yes, yes. This is DJ Ski and this is the sports card strategy show. You already know there is no off season. I'm Jeff Wilson and I'm loving the content here on the sports card strategy show. There is no off season. Doing really well. Thanks for doing this. Happy to do it. All right. You ready to rock? Ready, to go. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Greybo's breaks on Whatnot and or Drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on Drip, Whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at Graybos underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Yo, yo, what's up, fam? How's everybody doing out there? So much to talk about today. Good to see everybody. We're going to get into some live chat love here in a second. Again, on today's show, we're going to talk about how to make money on vintage sports cards. Some of Paul's pickups that I am pumped about. A new selling marker for Bronny James. Why golf cards could be getting a boost. I see Golf Card Collector in the live chat. That's my guy, Mike Lacusta of Fondling Cardboard. And, of course, we're going to talk directly to members of our nooffseason.com family and answer your questions. So please, live chat. Remember to ask your questions in the live chat, along with dropping some L's and W's if you want. We're going to shout everybody out at the end of the show if we haven't shouted you out prior to. So let's get into it. Live chat love. Let's say hello to Red 5 Cards. Good morning. Craig's card's 11. Yes. We're going to see Craig... At the National in Nashville, the big Nashville card show, March 8th through 11th. Come check us out at the Nashville State Fairgrounds. Clio cards in the house. Cleveland, Ohio representing. I'm about to book my flights to the National. I booked my hotel for the National last night, everybody. So who's going to the National? Drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Let me know. Are you going to the National? Are we going to meet up there? Shane Graham in the house. What's up, Shane? Justin Stewart. Ryan Painter jordo one three three four one galaxy germ hey hey happy to be here with an awesome group i mentioned my guy mike lacusta golf card collector a minute ago he says hit us with that golf card news what live golfer do you think will get the most hobby hype and what panini golf sets do you think will realistically get other than uh instant and prism let's talk more about that In the audience QA Mike. Hopefully you can stick around with us, but Mike will be back on the sports card strategy show talking with Connor and I about that in a future episode. So stay tuned and check out his podcast fondling cardboard for more on that. Gabe Davis in the house. Two balls is enough for me. Joel Kaplan. Hey, Paul, new selling point for Bronnie. Can't wait to hear it. Joel, don't troll. I love you, baby. Uh, Mountain Lake cards and games. Looking forward to this one. Need some advice on selling vintage junk wax from a 100K card collection that I bought for $500 a couple years ago. I'm starring that one. Baseball's back. Curio and James Wood off to good start, says Shane Graham. Would it make sense to start listing some of those guys now based on their strong starts? Love it. We'll talk more about that in the audience QA. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, one galaxy germ talking about Gary hoops and cards. We got an update on that in this show. How did you know one galaxy germ? How did you know? Uh, Ryan painter says sports card strategy show barbecue at his house for the national love that Steven Neff in the house Love the topic. Vintage cards are his favorite. Steven Neff is is, uh, joining us live from LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us uh, on LinkedIn, Stephen. Connor Barnett, our very own head of content at nooffseason.com, says Anthony Kim apparently signing with Liv. Talk about hype. Wish he had cards. Well, Connor, you may get some cards now that we've got this this news that we're going to touch on later in the show, but it is that Panini has signed Liv Golf. So get pumped for that card snatcher in the house. Grand Slam Collectibles in Murfreesboro had Will Levis for Hobby Rip Night. That's interesting. Um, also, our friends at Nash Cards had Johnny Manzel, Johnny Football, for Topps Rip Night on Saturday. So that was interesting. All right, great live chat action. Love it. Everybody, keep it going in the live chat. If you like the content we're putting out on a daily, weekly basis, please everyone listening on the podcast apps, watching on YouTube, watching on LinkedIn, come over to YouTube, watching on X, come over to YouTube. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It helps us out more than you know. And of course, join the Discord at sportscardstrategy.com to participate in the ongoing conversation as well. First, we want a special thanks to our nooffseason.com Sports card network partner CGC cards. I mentioned earlier in the lead into the show that Connor's in the lab, going through some data, and he's also getting ready to join Andy Kasen and I on our trip later this afternoon. And we're gonna fly down to Sarasota, Florida, and we're gonna visit CGC headquarters tomorrow for a behind-the-scenes tour. Can't wait to gather content for all of you, and then bring it back to the Sports Card Strategy Show and the Football Card Quest. Check out nooffseason.com and click the banner ad for CGC cards and get more details on their great grading service for PC protection starting at $12. This supports us. It supports CGC cards. And of course, please know that I am grading all of my cards for flipping purposes with PSA, but I'm always considering sending some of my lower dollar cards to CGC to try out their experience for myself. And I would venture to guess that my Uh, trip to CGC tomorrow will actually help me determine whether or not that's going to happen. So stay tuned for that. Are you ready to start grading your cards? CGC cards is the perfect place to slab your favorite football cards from their clear crystal clear holders to their affordable pricing. CGC cards is the perfect stop for your grading needs. Go to CGC cards.com to start grading today sports card school is a safe place for noobs advanced flippers and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby guys learn to navigate the hobby and build a collection that increases in value go to sports Cardschool.com now get a free 30 day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines strategies and plays to help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your pc and other things in your life all right time for the question of the day question of the day is actually it was asked on last wednesday's show with connor and i it is should you grade a one of one should you grade a one of one? And guys, it's already on and popping on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy. I've posted this, I've pinned it. Go to Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. This is pinned on the IG profile. Comment. It's already on and popping. Should you grade a one of one? This is a question. That has been asked and addressed frequently on the sports card strategy show. Typically we get a bit of a mixed bag. What is your take on this? Should you grade a one of one three H collectibles has already said yes and no. If it doesn't look like it will gem, then I'd just get it slabbed and authenticated. If it will gem, you might as well. This is a market that will pick it up for prestige and people will know what they are getting is perfect. ROM cards 504 says typically no, it's already got value as the only one of its kind. So you can see a lot of great debate here, but then hobby arena 23 says absolutely to protect it at a minimum. It should be slabbed. Authentic a 10 one of one is much more valuable than raw. If it grades under a nine crack it worth the gamble. Wow. Sounds risky hobby arena. A lot of great comments already on this pinned post at Instagram. At Sports Card Strategy, please check it out. We would love to know from all of you. Should you grade a one of one? All right, guys, you heard the read from Graybos in the intro, but Duke Denny one time sent me a new read. And so I said, Look, Denny, I'll read it on today's show and I'll read it on Wednesday's show and then I'll incorporate it into the intro next week. Here we go. Greybo's sports cards is a local card shop located in Richmond, Virginia. It is owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz and Duke Dodson, who, you know, as Denny one time Graybo's sports, the best selection of singles in the mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax Graybo's is happy to announce that they are now the only direct buyer of tops Bowman in central Virginia and is now breaking on fanatics live they are moving to their larger shop which will be connected to the hottest sports bar in Richmond, Virginia in the near future. So stay tuned for those details. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can use the promo code STRATEGY2023 to get 10% off any purchase on Graybos.co. And then he added this. I'm not sure if he actually wants this in the read or not, but I'm going to read it because he said he wants it in the read. Graybos loves the Sports Card Strategy Show family and is proud of our long-standing partnership with Hickey Baby and the gang. That is a direct quote from Duke Denny one time. He has nicknamed me Hickey Baby. I only love it because I love Duke Denny one time. So... Call me Hickey Baby at your own risk, everyone. Why should you subscribe to NoOffseason.com's premium membership? Do you like the content on this show? Want more? A free 30-day trial membership at NoOffseason.com gives you a Friday edition of the Sports Card Strategy Show, guys. It's called The Overflow Show. It's a premium podcast for members only every Friday, and you can ask an unlimited amount of questions to build your sports card investment portfolio. And guess what? I spend a lot of time researching for you, and I answer the questions to help you build your sports card investment portfolio. I put in the work, do the research and analysis, and give you the best possible answer so you can increase your chances of making money flipping sports cards, guys. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough, you get sports card school. You get sports card school free for 30 days and tons of premium members only articles. Sign up today at nooffseason.com. All right, it's time for Paul's pickups. I showed you at the beginning of the show the 2023 Anthony Richardson downtown. I love this card. And it goes against my, my typical guideline of waiting until at least three to six months after a rookie has had all of his or her cards hit the market. During their rookie season. Why? Because typically it takes about 12 to 18 months after the player starts to have releases come out for their market to settle. Because there's so much hype on a new release that I don't want you guys buying into singles at a high point. There are some exceptions to that. So check out our guidelines, strategies, and plays at Sports Card School because there's a lot of exceptions to that. One of them is this because this is a super short print downtown out of Don Russ and i don't know if it'll gem or not but i am going to send it into psa it looks like it has a chance to gem it it looks slightly like the nameplate is off centered slightly but i don't know if that is enough to bump it down to a 9 it looks like a 9 minimum and so i always say don't buy without a clear selling marker in mind and i but i think this card i don't see this card going down before the selling marker even though Prism's coming out, even though Contenders, even though probably Optic will be out by the time the football season starts in September, I'm going to sell this puppy in late August. There's going to be a lot of hype with Anthony Richardson coming back from his shoulder injury. People are going to want news updates on Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson's going to be all over NFL Network, ESPN, and social media. And that's what drives card prices. So when that happens, I'm selling this card. I think I can make at least 50 to hundred percent on this card slabbed by PSA. I mean, if it, if it gems for sure, I'm making that, if it gets a nine, you know, it, I'd be a little bit more hard pressed, but I still think there's going to be probably like a 30 to 70% profit margin, depending on the hype. There's going to be hype around this card. All right, guys, I got a big one to show you here. I I bid in this auction and I wasn't sure I was going to win this. Um, There were only 14 bids. This is a guy I've talked about a lot on the Sports Card Strategy Show. And I haven't talked about him in a while, though. But I I was big on him for a long time. And it's Darius Garland. 2019 Panini Crown Royale. Darius Garland kaboom. PSA 10. For those of you familiar with the show, you will recall that I bought a BGS 9.5 of this card with 9.5 subgrades from Chase Krim of Texas Roadshow cards for $850. He gave me the Paul Hickey price. And so when I saw this PSA 10 card of this Darius Garland kaboom come up in an auction on eBay, I thought, huh. This is a card I wouldn't mind having because I'm already invested in the BGS 9-5. I already have a selling marker of Cleveland Cavs playoffs this May, and I bought the BGS 9-5 when Garland was injured. And guys, I'm not so sure that I didn't buy in at a a rise on this card, but but I have to tell you, it's only pop 12, so it's impossible to know because the previous sale reported of this card was almost two years ago. It was October 30th, 2022 was the last sale of this card. It sold twice, actually, that day. It sold twice that day, October 30th, 2022. Why? Because that's another selling marker. The start of the NBA season, the first week of the NBA season, I always I always talk about this. I think there's two strong selling markers during the NBA season, and that's why I struggle buying basketball cards. One is the playoffs and the NBA Finals, and it's impossible really to predict who's going to go to the NBA Finals. For me, it's impossible. Other people can do it. I'm bad at it. That's why I say it's impossible. The other selling marker is the beginning of the NBA season, the first week. So this DG, PSA 10, 2019, rookie. So it's rookie. And I'm going to break this down here a little bit further. I, I, I always say buy the right card for the right player at the right time. I mentioned a minute ago, I didn't really know if it's the right time because there's the last sale of this card was almost two years ago. I think it's the right time. DG's back healthy, playing well. I wonder if... Here's what I'm thinking, actually. I'm thinking the reason why this card was sold and put up for auction is because the seller thought it was the right time to sell it because he's back playing well. So this is what I like about the hobby because I think that person won, right? We didn't we don't know we don't know what that person paid for this card. I'm about to tell you what this card sold for in the last like in the last three sales of this card, the last four sales. Actually, I'm going to tell you the last five sales of this card before I bought it and 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 let's hope that that person that sold me this card didn't pay the amounts that I'm about to tell you that this card sold for. Let's hope that I can sell this card for something close to the amounts I'm about to tell you guys but let's hope that that this person bought it raw and graded it, okay um because if they bought it raw and graded it or if they or if they pulled it and graded it, they won huge because I bought it for eleven hundred sixty one dollars. $1,161. It ended last night at 9 p.m., 14 bids. But the, it had like over 60 watches. So I thought this was going to sell for like $1,500. I thought I was going to lose it because my max bid was 1200 I had a couple different reasons to buy this card. One is kind of the old investing philosophy of like, well, if you're already invested in something that you believe in, and then you see it for a similar price or even a lower price, you should, if you really believe in it, you should buy more of it. So that was part of it. I thought I already own a BGS 9.5 of this card. I bought it for 8.50. A PSA 10 is obviously going to have a, a much bigger premium than a BGS 9.5. So I thought this card would probably sell for 13, 14, even $1,500 in PSA 10 based on the fact that when you compare many true true gem mint bgs nine fives to PSA 10s. There is a gap of that much. It didn't. It sold for $1,161. So it sold for $39 under my max bid. My max bid was $1,200. I thought for sure somebody was going to come in at the last second and buy this because again, it had 50 or 60 watches. So only 14 bids I think Darius Garland is still a bit off the radar from people. He was an all star a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, the other reason I bought this card is because he's been injured. He's been off the radar a little bit. He's been overshadowed by Donovan Mitchell. This is the right card for him because, guys, he doesn't have any Panini rookie autos. He's upper deck exclusive for autographs. So his rookie autos are all upper deck. So his right rookie card is this super short print Kaboom. It's a badass card. I now have two of them, one BGS 9 one PSA 10. This is going straight to my eBay vault. The plan is to sell it in May during the Cavs playoff run. If that doesn't work out for some reason, I've always got October around the hype of the 2024-2025 NBA season starting because guys, I mentioned to you a minute ago, the last three sales of this card happened during the first week of the 2022 NBA season. I know you've been patiently waiting for the data. Two times it sold for $3,125. It sold for more than double. Like two and a half X it sold for what I bought it for two years ago, almost two years ago during the beginning of the NBA season. It also sold one time 10 days before that, for just under $4,000. Guys, it sold two months before that, August 12th of 2022 for $3,850. And it sold August 11th of 2022 for $7,180. This is a pop 12 card. So I'm pretty effing pumped about it. It's a lot of money into it. There's no way I sell it for less than what I bought it for. That just is not going to happen. I think this is probably the lowest you could pay for a PSA 10 of a bona fide NBA All-Star rookie kaboom. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Drop a comment, please. Or if you're listening on the podcast apps and you're just never going to go to YouTube, that's fine too. DM me on Instagram at SportsCardStrategy. Let me know what you think of the DG, Darius Garland, 2019. Panini Crown Royale, kaboom, PSA 10 going straight to my eBay vault. I'm pumped about it. Some insights, some insights from Paul's pickups. All right, two more pickups. You guys are probably going to recognize these. I know Connor's going to. I know anyone who's familiar with the Sports Card Strategy Show is going to. I know anyone who tuned in to last Wednesday's show is going to, because everybody... Even if you didn't tune into last Wednesday's show, go rewatch it. Go to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey or go to nooffseason.com. Go to last Wednesday's show. It was a banger. I made offers on the show for Riley Leonard cards. I made an offer, 100 bucks. This was listed for 155. This is a 2023 Riley Leonard Bowman Chrome Sapphire Auto SGC 1010. I have it in hand. 105 bucks all in, including shipping. I'm tax-free on eBay because of my LLC. So I'm good to go. $105 all in. Made an offer for 100 bucks. This was listed at like 150 or 160 I made an offer on the show. Literally, as soon as I ended the live stream, the seller accepted my offer, and I already have it in hand. Love it. This is a beautiful card. It's a beautiful card. For those of you listening on the podcast apps, Come over to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey just to see how beautiful this card is. It is a Duke blue color match on the Sapphire. So it's not serial numbered, but I love that Bowman U Chrome has a Sapphire edition with autos. It is just beautiful. I love it. Okay. Speaking of Riley Leonard, uh, the other one I made an offer for on the show was this Jersey number match orange out of 25 auto. So it's serial numbered 13 out of 25. This is my first ever jersey match serial number card. So this is an SGC 910 auto. I'm cracking both of these fuckers out of their black tuxes and I'm sending them into PSA. Got plenty of time to get that back. They'll probably go in the same submission with this AR downtown. So that'll be a big money submission. And if I get, you know, a PSA nine and, and uh, two PSA 10s from those cards, I'm going to be banking. And the reason I'm buying Riley Leonard right now is because there's a selling marker. He's Notre Dame's starting quarterback. And I think I'm going to sell it right around that August 31st kickoff of Notre Dame's college season. So those are the two cards I bought on Wednesday's show. I made offers on Wednesday's show. The, the audience was like helping me with, with what, uh, what prices I should offer. And I, I went ahead and, and sniped them on a buy it now. So I love it. Thanks to everybody out there in the nooffseason.com fam who helped me snipe those buy it nows. I think that's a sign I should buy more cards live on the show. What do you guys think? Let me know. Hello to all my shoes from his lunch break. Connor Barnett, in the house, loves the double down on the DG Kabooms. Bo Belcher says, happy Monday. That is a really sick card. Jordo1334 says, Paul, can you do a tutorial sometime about the benefits of using the eBay vault? Yes, I can. However, Jordo... I love you, but this is all at Sports Card School. This is all this is all already at Sports Card School and on the Overflow show. These are questions I've answered on the Overflow show and at Sports Card School. So that is why I talk so much about guys, it's free. It's free for 30 days. So Jordo 1334, you might already be a premium member. If you are, email me directly and I'm going to send you the direct links into The content that I've already put together about the eBay vault. But thanks for asking. Really appreciate that. Shane Graham says, No problem, Paul, because I thanked everybody in the audience. Shane, you're a big part of our success, brother. Love you. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for being here with us in the live chat. Guys, I've got an exciting announcement Connor and Gary from Hoops and Cards. We, we've been working on a new and improved Hoops and Cards show. One of you guys asked about it in the live chat love segment. So here it is. Wednesday, March 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Connor and Gary are going to kick off the new and improved Hoops and Cards debut. Subscribe at YouTube.com slash hoopscards, sign Hoops Cards. YouTube.com slash at Hoops Cards. Subscribe there. And for more information, you can go to hoopsandcards.com. That is going to be a new podcast feed, a new YouTube channel, new and improved Hoops and Cards. Connor's leading the charge. Get ready. Gary is going to be joining him most shows. Gary's definitely joining him for the Wednesday, March 6th show. Get ready for the debut of the new and improved Hoops and Cards. Connor Barnett and Gary, Wednesday, March 6th. 7.30 7.30 p.m. Subscribe at youtube.com slash at Hoops Cards. Also, I know many of you have been very, very excited for the debut of Lefty's new show. Lefty McKee is coming back to the NoOffseason.com sports card network. You've seen him on the Sports Card Strategy Show. You're going to continue to see him on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Don't worry about that. But he is getting his own show. The first episode will be Monday, March 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Subscribe at YouTube.com slash at Lefty Cards. YouTube.com slash at Lefty Cards for notifications and live streams. More details on that to come. But the first show is Monday, March 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. There is a new podcast feed for that. And a new YouTube channel for that, youtube.com slash at Lefty Cards, part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. Don't miss the debut episode of Lefty Cards, Monday, March 11th. Guys, there's going to be a little bit of a hiatus of that show after the Monday, March 11th show because Lefty's going to go out of the country for a while. Then he's coming back and he's going to be doing it every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, starting April 8th. So March 11th will be the debut, the inaugural show, and then starting April 8th, every Monday, ongoing at 7 p.m. Eastern time at youtube.com slash at lefty cards. Well, you'll see lefty cards and you'll hear it on the new podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, it's time for our segment on how to make money flipping vintage cards. So I struggle with this. And that's why I haven't talked much about it on the sports card strategy show. Vintage cards that you can flip without clear selling markers. I did some research and I found some, I found a lot of them actually. So all it takes is a little research, a little lifting up the hood. That's why Connor's back in the lab so much. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned on Mondays, Connor's in the lab. That's because he's so freaking good at helping us find these opportunities to make money flipping sports cards, even though he's so new to the hobby. Like he's so new to the hobby, but he's freaking smart, right? So he's back in the lab. I'm in the lab. Whenever I'm not doing this show for you guys, I'm in the lab too. And I'm finding these opportunities for you. And so I think the reason I don't talk a lot about vintage cards is because I say you only should buy a card with a selling marker in mind. And it's really freaking hard to find selling markers for retired athletes, right? but again all it takes is a little bit of research and 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 i think keeping an open mind about what is a selling marker right so for ultra modern athletes current athletes we talk about a bunch of different non performance based selling markers we talk about a bunch of different performance based selling markers retired athletes don't have as many selling markers they're not as active they're not in the news as much even when they are in the news it's not as big of a, new, of, a, of a news cycle for them, right? Performance and hype really drives the prices up, and retired athletes just don't really have any performance, and they have very little hype. But I researched vintage cards that you can flip without clear selling markers. I'm about to give you several of them right now. And I was inspired by a guy named Rob I was inspired by a guy named Rob. This guy, Rob, has a YouTube show called Rob Opens Wax. So I'm going to give you my top cards that I found that you can flip without clear selling markers. And then I am going to bring in Rob for a conversation that Rob and I have about other ways that Rob can share to make money flipping vintage cards. So here we go. All right. Up first, the 1989 Upper Deck PSA 8 Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. This card is from the Junk Wax era. Make no mistake. Because when you look at the pop counts of this card, really in any PSA grade, they're astro-frickin-nomical. Like, the PSA 8 is... It's literally 14 cards away from being a pop 40,000 card. That's insane. That's ludicrous, okay? But what I like about this is that because it's a pop 40,000, there is a big enough sample size of data to look at the pattern recognition here and to have a sports card strategy for how to flip it to make money. And the pattern that I'm about to show you is going to be the same for all of the cards that I am going to rattle off. Some of them are going to have bigger profit margin than others. This Griffey doesn't have a huge profit margin. It's marginal, but it's safe. It's safe because it's liquid. This card trades a ridiculous amount of times in a 365-day period. For those of you watching, you can see my screen and you can see the amount of transactions that this card has over the last 365 days. It sells basically multiple times a day almost. Okay, so now you're in a situation where how do you make money off of this? Well, if you look at the chart, and for those of you listening on Apple and Spotify, I'm just going to tell you, it's up, down, 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 up, down. up, down All year long, every year. Okay? So, you got to look for what's the down, and you got to look for what's the up. The down is around $50. The up is around $100. So, when you can get this card for $50, you should buy it. And then what you should do is you should list it in a buy it now or best offer for over a hundred. And then you should accept offers at a hundred because it does sell almost as often as it sells for around 50, it sells for around a hundred. So you could literally sit back and set eBay alerts for when this card gets listed in auctions or in buy it now or best offer situations. And you could literally just make offers this card for 50 bucks all day. And you could set auction caps of like $50 to $55 whenever a saved search comes up and, and, and it's on eBay. Now, it takes patience, it takes cash flow, and it takes a willingness to keep the cards. And you know, okay, you're going to be probably spending 50 to 60 to make 20 right? Because after eBay fees and stuff and shipping you're only really making 15, 20 bucks, maybe 25 on this card, best case scenario. But if you compare that to like an e-commerce business, that's good. And this is something that you love. And a lot of you ask me all the time, hey, Paul, what do we do in between selling markers? Like, how do we make money in between selling markers? Guys, this is how. Okay. Next, Barry Sanders, 1989 score PSA 9 top 11066 it's ridiculous but it trades for between 75 on the low end and $125 regularly so again marginal profit to set ebay listing alerts at low point and list for buy it now at high point i mean this card actually sold for $180 recently it sold for $165 in September at the beginning of the football season. When the Bye Bye Berry documentary came out in November on Thanksgiving, it sold for around 100 So if you would have bought that card for 75 or around $70, you know you are not making a ton of money, but you're still making money. This is a pop 11000 This card's going to sell. It's going to move. You're not going to lose money if you buy it at the $75, $80 point. You're definitely gonna make money if you have the patience to wait until somebody buys it at 125. It it will happen. It will happen. So patience, cash flow, willingness to keep the cards. Up next, Troy Aikman 1989 score. Talk about the first overall pick in that draft. We don't talk about him very much. We talk about Barry a lot in the hobby. The hobby doesn't give Troy Aikman too much love. But if you look at the data, actually, his PSA 9, 1989 score card 270-based PSA 9, pops 7090 Trades for between $25 and $60 regularly. That's a little bit more of a profit margin than the Barry card. A little bit more of a profit margin than the Griffey card. Lower dollar card can sell for more money, for more profit. So a lot of people like that, right? Because it's a lower buy-in point and you're making more money off of it. Not much more, but Still. A little bit more. All right, let's stay on Troy Aikman. Why not? Let's go over to his tops traded 1989 70T base PSA 10. Pop 4,087. Trades for between 40 and 100 regularly. That's even better. That's the best profit margin we've seen so far. Why not do that one, guys? I mean, who cares if you even like Troy Aikman? Rusty and McGart's in the house. I know he's a Rogers Favre guy. What's up, Rusty? Says, finally, a beautiful day in St. Louis. I mean, you could probably find some Favre cards to do this with. I didn't go that deep, but I'm sure you can. I mean, Favre's got some junk cards, but I'm sure you could find some Favre cards to do this with. All I did to find these Aikman, Barry, and Griffies is I used market movers. And my process for this, guys, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give away my secrets here on the Sports Card Strategy Show. I like doing that for you guys. That's why you, that's why you come back, right? Because I don't charge you for everything. I, I barely charge you for anything. I give away a lot of my secrets here on the Sports Card Strategy Show. I want you to make money flipping sports cards. All I did was I went to market movers marketmoversapp.com Of course I used the promo code nooffseason and I saved 20% after a free 14-day trial so you guys should do that too if you want to use marketmovers you don't have to But what I did was I I typed in rookie card only PSA or you know graded only on the movements tab and I put in like a bunch of different legends names and you know I put in like Aikman Griffey Barry Sanders you know, I, I won't spoil, I won't, I won't spoil the rest of them because I, I've got a couple more names here coming up. Aikman's not the last one, but I mean, just, you know, pick your pleasure, just type in a bunch of legend names, retired player names that you like. And then I look, I scroll down the list and I look for the pop counts and I go to the ones with the higher pop counts because the ones with the higher pop counts are going to give me this up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down chart. And so this, so that's how I found these cards. So I would, if you're, if you want to try and find whether it's Favre, whether it's Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, whether it's even more obscure players from your childhood, like Alan Trammell of the Detroit Tigers, Christian Okoye of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. Pick who you like. You can find them. But but this Troy Aikman 1989 Tops traded 70 T based PSA 10 trades for between 40 and hundred dollars regularly. All you have to do is set an eBay listing alert and then see if you can try to snipe it for around 40 and then see if you can list it in a buy it now for around 100 hundred and you can, you can make money. You can sit back and just make money and there's nothing wrong with that people. Because you can reinvest it into other cards. You can reinvest it into other flips. You can reinvest it into your PC. You can take a little bit of money out of cards to fund your life. Everything's allowed. All right, up next, let's go to basketball. We've talked about this card before. Technically, it's a sticker. The 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer sticker number eight, base PSA eight, pop 4344. So again, high pop count, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down graph. Fluctuates for from between 900 at the low end and 1200 at the high end, fairly regularly. So this is a much higher buy-in, right? Like, but it's Jordan, so I feel I feel fine recommending it to you guys. I mean, this card is at its floor, floor, floor at like worst case scenario, like 850 US dollars. 850 US dollars, worst case. Best case, $1,500, $1,700. It sold for $1,800 on July 6th of 2023, less than a year ago. It sold for $1,800. So it might depend on some of the eye appeal. It might depend on just, you know, who's who's in the market to buy a card, right? All right, let's go over to football, a, a new name going back eight years prior to the Aikman card. Topps, 1981 number 216 base PSA 7. Joe Montana. I love this card. You can make so much money off of this card. People love this card. It's pop 7,027. It trades for between $130 and $270 regularly, guys. That's more than 2X from the low end to the high end. This is like a freaking like Golden Goose card. It's laying golden eggs. All you have to do is buy the egg at $130 and then sell the egg at $270. And the goose will just keep laying eggs for you. Joe Montana, 1981, tops 216 base PSA 7, pop 7,000, trades for between 130 and 270 Regularly, set your buy alerts on eBay. Try to snipe it for 130, even 150. You could even go up to 180. I mean, this, and it's not just like every once in a while, it's like multiple sales consistently for around 250 to 280. Dollars. So that's why I say trades for between 130 and 270 regularly. Okay. Before I bring in my new friend Rob from Rob Opens Wax, my last card for today, this could have gone on forever, by the way. Like, this is what I love about this. So there will be more of this at nooffseason.com, you can bet. Let me know if you want more of this at the Sports Card Strategy Show. The 1986 Fleer 57 base Michael Jordan rookie, BGS 8-5. Don't have a pop count because not readily available in the Market Movers app integration with Beckett grading, but it sells for between 500, sorry, it sells for between 5,000 and 7,500 to 8,000. So between 5,000 and $8,000 regularly. So that is a massive profit margin. Not as big of a profit margin as the Montana. It's not a two to two two point five x, but it's close. It's close to a two x. A lot bigger buy in. You got to be a, you know more of a high roller. Five thousand dollars. You got to have to put in, and then you flip it for a profit of over two thousand, upwards of three thousand dollars potentially. So there are ways to make money flipping vintage sports cards. And that's what I wanted to bring to the table in today's episode. And right now, I'm going to bring in my new friend, Rob, from Rob Opens Wax, to walk us through even more ways to make money flipping vintage cards. Let's go. I'm here with Rob from Rob Opens Wax on YouTube. Rob, welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show and the NoOffSeason.com com family we are pumped to have you here today how you doing man
1: thank you so much for having me here today paul it is a pleasure to be here looking forward to chatting
0: definitely so before we get into it tell us about yourself and your background in the hobby and what you're up to these days
1: sure so i started collecting back in the mid early 80s you know the first pack of baseball cards that i've ever had in my hands was probably an 83 tops uh pack then in the late 80s like everybody my age got invested in the junk wax 87 88 and started working at card shows with uh, my dad and my brother so we we'd go get a table at the local card show for 30 bucks and put all, all, out all our wares like an 89 upper deck griffey or whatever we happened to have to sell and sold those so during that time up until about 93 is when I kind of stopped collecting. Went off to college, did all that stuff, but uh, came back to it after, after about 2000. And something that I always enjoyed was vintage cards. The cards that obviously i had put away as a kid from 88 and 89 and 90 were worthless. So I started buying all those cards that I had always wanted as a kid, but could never afford right uh uh, 1933 gaudis and 75 uh, jim rice rookies and things like that that always seemed out of reach but now that ebay was available those cards were relatively cheap to buy so started collecting those Uh, i've always loved baseball as well i'm in the boston area so i always followed the red sox had seasons tickets for a number of years saw them win the world series and then (laughs) You know, I've got to stop going to the games, but I still love—I love the the cards. So I really pay attention to you know '70s and '80s baseball stats and 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 before as well.
0: So on your YouTube channel, Rob opens wax tell our audience what you do exactly i i have i think i understand that you're you're breaking a lot of you're you're ripping a lot of junk wax era baseball stuff but am i oversimplifying it what do you what do you got going on over there
1: no that's that's exactly what i mean you can see right up or here i guess it's over here you can see i have a few boxes of of leaf baseball cards there um so what we do is i will open up a pack you see my hands you see the pack I open the pack, I read the names very poorly and get excited when we get a hit. I primarily do packs from 87 to about 92, some 93s as well. Then special packs going back uh, as far as 1951. We, we opened up a 1951 tops and uh, had a pretty big hit in, in that, that pack. So that was exciting, but primarily uh, most of the 80s and then a handful of ones prior to 19. 79 uh which is really exciting for me because those those packs even as a kid were out of reach i I would have an 82 fleer that i would open every once in a while as a kid but as an adult it's fantastic to hold a pack of 1975 tops and open it Um, i try not to destroy anything that's a pristine conditioned pack so that the collectors you know who are going after these packs which i do too i collect old packs as well i don't want to destroy something that looks pristine
0: that's super fun and i know a lot of our audience will probably want to check you out on your youtube channel but for our audience members who are wondering why i am talking to rob today because everybody knows that i want to try to make money flipping sports cards i want to build new sports card strategies around flipping to make money. And I talked to Rob and he has some amazing strategies that I want to try to uncover today and expose our audience to. So where do we start here? I mean, I think (laughs) you have, there's a few different things that you told me about. Let's start with the strategy of building sets to flip the whole set and profit because I was fascinated by that when you told me about it.
1: So my first thing that I always do when I'm Thinking about how I'm going to make money off of baseball cards is what do I love? What do I like? Because I don't want to buy something that I myself do not like. And I always, and even with the junk wax, when I'm looking at junk wax or any baseball card, I'm not looking at it as an investment. I'm looking at it. I enjoy baseball cards. I like getting a Bo Jackson 80, you know, uh, or 1990 Bo Jackson Donris card that's pretty much worthless but it's awesome so that's what i apply to what i'm going to buy so i buy things that i like that i want to hold in my hand and then sell so what i'll do is i'll look at a set like a 1933 gaudi or a 1920 w 516 strip card which is a a big mouthful not many people know about that set but i'll look at those sets and they're cards that i want to hold in my hands so what I do is I will either build full sets or partial sets. It takes a long time to do it. It's not. It's it's a waiting game to see when you can find that card that you're looking for at a low price, right? So let's just think about the 1933 Gaudis. The PSA ones of those cards or ungraded cards you can get like a PSA for about 30 bucks a a one of a PSA common card if you're looking at a non-graded card it's somewhere around 10 bucks so you can you can find it all the time so I look at that price point I then look at what cards are selling for in a set or a lot and then say okay an average lot of 1930 Gaudis with 30 cards will sell between three and five hundred dollars of spending on the star uh, depending on the stars in it so then i say okay i'm going to build a lot of 30 cards and i know my price point needs to be below ten dollars each and then i just look for those cards to come up set email reminders and that kind of stuff
0: so you can set like ebay saved searches as well different things like that and how many cards are in in that 1933 set roughly
1: well there are a lot of cards in it the with the 1933 gaudi set I never go for the full set because Babe Ruth is in there. I'm never going to buy the Babe Ruth. I just don't have the cash. So for the 33 Gaudis, I just do lots of 30. I don't go for the full set. For the 1925-16 set, I think there's 50 cards or so in that set. Another one that I do is the 64 Tops Giants, which, again, has about 50 cards in the set. So I'm looking for smaller lots, smaller sets. So I'm not building... Like 1975 tops set because you'll never make your money back on that it needs to be smaller, smaller sets, smaller lots that you can sort of put together for a cheaper price and then sell for a larger profit because you know that the 1930, 1933 Gaudis are not going to fluctuate because the player had a bad season, right, they're not having seasons anymore
0: so then in terms of selling it um how does that part work so you kind of mentioned a minute ago it can take a little while to put things together and once you have it put together do you already kind of have a buyer in mind do you auction those off on ebay do you get into different social media groups and things like that what's uh what's the selling process look like for that
1: so i sell pretty much only on ebay uh, another set that I do, and I'll use it as an example here, is 1951 Tops. I talked about the 51 Tops breaking the pack. It's one of my favorite sets. Whenever anybody's like, oh, the 1952 Tops the first set that they ever did. It's like, no, 1951 Tops. And it's it's such a great set. Uh, it's just a deck of cards, right? 52 cards uh, in the set. And uh, I'll put that, that is one that I'll put that set together. And then i know that i can sell it for a thousand to three thousand dollars on ebay just put it right on on ebay it's protected uh with all those guarantees and all of that stuff and you know sometimes they'll send it back to you or whatever with a return but uh i I always feel safer that way than selling on on facebook groups or or, uh, elsewhere
0: love that so does it matter if the cards are graded or slabbed or raw when you sell them when you put together those sets do people do people care, or do they just want the card?
1: So for the for the for these vintage sets, I feel like who I'm selling to are people who want the want this set or a lot of cards and just don't have the time to put it together. So I've found that as long as I'm going consistent for the grouping, so it looks good. So for example, I might put together a, a 51 top set that is a trash set, like you know where every card is bent and whatever. And I know I'm only going to sell it for $500, but I put it together for 80 bucks. Right. Uh, Or I might say, okay, this one's going to be a little bit higher graded one. So I will make sure that I get a Yogi Berra. That's a nice graded card and some of the other big stars in a nice grade and then raw with the others. Uh, It's just, it's a matter of making sure that there aren't outliers in the, the form. So you don't want to have a pristine Yogi Berra uh which is one of the, the most expensive card in the set and then the Bob Feller which is like number two in the set is ripped in half right because they'll be like oh well I want the huge nice uh Yogi Berra but I also want the feller so you just kind of have to have them match so condition isn't it really a, a a thing that I look at other than consistency
0: Rob from Rob opens wax on YouTube clearly knows his sports cards clearly knows his baseball cards and he's doing a lot more than just simply funding his junk wax channel as you can see here another thing you mentioned to me rob is uh you have an eddie murray card uh 1978 eddie murray card that you mentioned that it fluctuates enough in price and it's liquid enough where you flip it multiple times i did a little bit of research and i think i can tell maybe down to the grade which one you're talking about <laughs> can I take a quick guess here and sure, tell go, me ahead, my- go ahead okay is it the 1978 tops number 36 PSA 8 Eddie Murray yes <laughs> yes let's go all right tell us about that I'm gonna for those of you watching, or for those of you listening I'm I'm sharing my screen right now in Market Movers as Rob tells us about the, uh, the price fluctuation here on this Eddie Murray, because it's one thing to look at, you know, the data and the liquidity. And, you know, you know, you can, so for those of you, uh, listening, what I'm showing here on my screen is that this card appears to sell for between 165, uh, to maybe, let's see, $235 on the high end over yeah. the last 365 days. And as low as like 111. That sort of thing but i think it's so it's one thing to look at this data but it's another thing to talk to a guy like rob who's done this and flipped this card to try to understand like how do you buy it low and sell it high can you can you talk to us about that rob sure so uh,
1: just first um like i said from the start 1978 top set one of my favorite sets ever created by tops why well it's pretty (laughs) and i was born in 78 so it's just i think everybody loves to collect the set from the year that they were born. Maybe it's just me, but uh, that's what I like to do. So I like owning the Eddie Murray card. So I don't mind buying it low when I know that it's going to be low. So I set up a eBay uh, uh, trigger to say, this is selling low. I bid on it. If I don't get it, I don't care. And I, it might take me a year to get it at, at a low price. Once I get it, I want to hold on to it because i like looking at the card so i'll just list it for the price that i know i can profit on eventually it will sell you never want to list it for you know a thousand bucks you're not going to sell it but you can list it at the high end of what that that uh, psa 8 is selling for and as long as you just wait it out eventually it will sell Um, i found that i i have a lot of luck with cards of this nature where they're a little bit cheaper i mean they're in the hundred dollar range but they're not they're not a thousand dollar range and they're not twenty dollars that for christmas you see a lot of uh, fluctuation during the holiday so i'll list it starting in a little bit before november um and you'll you'll see it see it sell.
0: i think the key that rob just mentioned is that he loves the card he loves the card so this is a card that he can buy and he's okay just listing it and to buy it now and and owning it until somebody buys it and I think that's brilliant because this is you know according to market movers the PSA 8 is a pop 3600 just over 3600 3641 um it sold 192 times in the last 365 days on eBay according to market movers so I mean what a great what a great sports card strategy by Rob here now Rob I think you know the question everyone's wondering and I think I know the answer but I'll let I'll let you explain it to everyone sure. is when you get profit quote unquote from this card and from other you know maybe it's building sets and flipping the sets which i also think is brilliant these are things we've never talked about before on the show so i appreciate you breaking it down for us i'm sure we'll get more questions and more requests to have you back on the show um what do you do with the profits
1: (laughs) well it first i buy more cards right because i love buying cards so i don't necessarily put it in a pile and say this is card money and it's not card money but i do buy more cards with it as anybody would the other thing that i do is i bought a lake house with it (laughs) you know did you really let's go i you know i i put together a 1936 or a 1933 Gaudi lot sold that i I had a w 516 set sold that for about ten thousand dollars uh so at the time lake houses were pretty cheap and was able to purchase a lake house with that um and as i continue to flip that i bought another lake house so two lake houses by just with literally buying 1933 and 1920 w516 cards um with the w516 it's from 1920 they're uh for people who don't know they're they're what's called strip cards so people would go to the store and you'd have to cut out the cards, so it's very, it's they kind of look like tobacco cards, but it's really just as thin as a sheet of paper. So condition sensitive, but you can get the commons as long as you wait for ten dollars and flip them very, very quickly for for a hundred because uh, there are collectors out there that want them to complete their set, but they're not as combing of eBay and other places to to, to find them
0: amazing amazing all right rob before we let you go man there are a couple little nuggets you gave me when we were talking earlier um one is that you know obviously you love baseball cards history but you haven't been to or watched a game since around (laughs) how, how long tell us about that
1: well so i'm a red sox fan Right. And I, uh, season's tickets, we, we had a a package that is, it wasn't every game. It was, uh, weekend playoffs and holiday games. So instead of, uh, you know, 60 games a year, it was 40 games a year. Uh, so I, I went to so many Red Sox games and I never really watched it, watched games on TV. People always give me Trouble on my on my show because I don't know how to pronounce any of the the players' names that weren't stars because I didn't hear it on TV. I was at Fenway Park where they had a crackly little speaker until after they won the World Series. Got no money, but yeah, after after they won the World Series, I was like, I've waited my whole life for this, and and then I kind of stopped. I lost interest in in watching the games, uh, but I still love the cards, and I still I, I mean I watch the World Series and I watch games. I just don't. I don't watch like i used to you know with the 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 score box on my computer screen at work so that you can't watch it but it gives you the little runs and stuff i don't do that anymore
0: so So opening wax is one of the things that i want to do more of at nooffseason.com to try to uncover more strategies on how people can make money opening wax um you obviously have opened way more wax than probably i ever will in my life um you have some horror stories um breaking packs dated before 1979 is that right
1: yeah well i've had a you know it's psa will say any pack that you buy prior to about 1980 is 50 percent chance that it's it's uh it's resealed right so just like i was saying i opened up the 1951 tops pack it had bob feller in it it's the second best card in the set who puts that in a resealed pack but one card was creased (laughs) and the other one wasn't so how does that you know how does how does that not be resealed but i still made my money on the pack so whoever that resealer resealer was was did it before bob feller was a star right um so they might have put it together back in 1953 and put it in a drawer and forgot about it um I've also had a few different uh, uh, experiences with like 1975, uh, or 78, or 79, where you open it up and you're like, huh, there's a wax stain in the middle card <laughs> or a gum stain. Uh, you just go with it. In in the end, I don't care, right? I, I'm looking at these cards as um, I'm not opening up a pack from 1976 to make my money back. You're not going to make your money back on the pack. Why? Because it's you're only getting 15 cards out of seven or 800 cards in the set. So percentage-wise, like you have a 3% chance of getting whatever card it is in the set that's like going to pay for the pack, a, and then it needs to be a PSA 10. It's not going to happen. So you have to love it. I do it because I just love opening up Wax. I mean, on Saturday, I sat for four and a half hours live streaming on YouTube uh had i think it was like the total is you know twenty thousand people that that watched but it was at one time between you know 200 and 300 people watching me open up 1989 tops cards it's just fun
0: love it we love having people like you in the hobby rob and i'm super excited that we hooked up and are creating content together thanks so much for joining us here on the sports card strategy show part of the nooffseason.com Sports Card Network. Before we let you go, any anything else you want to add here on the Sports Card Strategy Show to our audience?
1: I I, I don't think it's anything that I've uh, it, I've haven't already said, but it's it's baseball cards are fun and people need to remember that fact. A lot of times I'll get comments on on a, a video that just says, but none of it's worth anything, right? And I know we're talking about investment, right? And that's that's another aspect of it, but also it doesn't have to be worth anything it can just be fun like i love looking at my my binder from when i was a kid that has you know uh, kenny lofton 500 cards of kenny lofton that each one's worth a penny now but it's awesome
0: i loved kenny lofton i loved kenny lofton <laughs> he
1: was my pc man <laughs> that's
0: awesome that's awesome i agree it can just be fun and we all know that you know the most fun thing is making money but but everything is allowed rob We love you, man. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. We'd be happy to have you back anytime, man.
1: Would love to be back anytime.
0: Rob opens wax, bought a lake house, two lake houses. If I cared about clickbait, that would have been the title of this episode. How to buy a lake house flipping sports cards, but I'm not that guy. And I don't think you're that audience either fam, no offseason.com fam. But what do we think about Rob opens wax? I mean, pretty interesting stuff there. In my opinion, I think he brought some nice vintage sports card strategies to the table. One that I never thought of is doing a little research and then building a set to flip it as an entire set. So fascinating stuff there. And, you know, I'd like to know from you all of the cards that were mentioned on this episode from his, 1978 Eddie Murray PSA 8 to my 1989 Griffey PSA 8, my 1989 Scoreberry Sanders PSA 9, my Troy Aikman cards, the PSA 9 from Score 89 and the tops traded PSA 10 from 89, the Jordan Fleer sticker 1986 PSA 8, the Jordan 1986 Fleer 57 BGS 85, or the Montana 1981. Tops 216, base PSA 7. Which is your favorite? Which would be your favorite to buy and own while flipping? Rob said his is the Eddie Murray. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lead off. I'm going to say mine's the Joe Montana. That might surprise some people, but I think the Joe Montana 1981, maybe it's because that's the year I was born. I was born in 1981. Maybe that's the year thing that Rob talked about with his 1978 Eddie Murray. I don't know. What do you guys think? I want to know in the comments. And also, Bert Fields, welcome to the live chat. Good to see you. He says you are getting a question, Connor, with that Rob eBay trigger low sale alert. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Bert. And it's good to see you in the live chat, my man. Actually, there is a lesson dropping this Friday at SportsCardSchool.com or NoOffseason.com. Click on the link to Sports Card School. That lesson is advanced eBay selling tips and advanced eBay buying tips. I think selling tips already launched and buying tips will be launching this Friday and the buying tips lesson will have the how to set up that alert. So stay tuned for that. We've been talking a lot about that alert on this show. Field says the kid Griffey 1989 would be his. Drop a comment below. Love it. Everybody really appreciate it. Why should you sign up for our one-on-one strategist package now? Well, we only have one spot left for February, guys, and we're starting to fill up for March already. So email paul at nooffseason.com now to lock it up. Why? Because you get me helping you one-on-one with your buying and selling strategy for a full year. Not only that, but your inventory tracking and your portfolio management, your bankroll management, you get me helping you one-on-one with all of that. Email paul at nooffseason.com now to get involved. All right. We talked about golf cards getting a boost at the outset of the show. That is because Panini has signed a live golf. Panini America, the world's largest sports and entertainment collectibles company, according to them, has just announced a multi-year partnership with live golf. That will make Panini the exclusive trading card partner for the live golf league as the first ever official trading cards for the professional team golf panini will develop a new series of products never before introduced to fans and collectors across the globe the partnership also marks panini's first entry into golf for trading cards mike lacusta the golf card collector and host of fondling cardboard says that a bunch of new golf sets are coming out 2024 upper deck golf 2024 upper deck game used Obviously, this 2024 Panini Live, he thinks PRISM for sure, but maybe various sets. We don't know that. We don't know PRISM for sure, but we're going to try to have Jason, a VP from Panini America, on the show in the coming weeks to talk about which sets will happen. And actually, Mike is right. Panini plans to introduce the first Panini Instant Card program as well as PRISM and Impeccable. For live, So Mike is right. Shout out to Mike for reading the full press release. Um, I am now reading the press release for the first time on the show. And Mike is right. Prism, impeccable, and instant. So what other brands do you guys think? Mike wants to know. I want to know. Drop a comment below. We'll talk about it on Fondling Cardboard. We'll talk about it on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Hopefully we'll have Jason on from Panini at some point to talk more about it. I'm excited about more golf cards coming. I mean, whether it's Panini with Live, whether it's Upper Deck, finally, let's get some more golf cards in the mix here. I think there's opportunity in golf, guys. I think Connor agrees with me and there'll be more on that at the Sports Card Strategy Show and NoOffseason.com to come. I got my Rose Zhang cards listed right now. I don't know about you guys, but I got my Zhang cards listed. All right, new selling marker for Bronny James. I hinted at this Last week, I think the NBA Summer League could be a huge selling marker for Bronny James. Why? Well, because it looks like Bronny James might not get drafted. And that's okay. He's still going to play in the NBA. He will get an opportunity in in the NBA, whether it's 2025 or whether it's 2024. And the more that I think about it, you know, I've hedged my bet, right? I've hedged. I've said, well, you know, first I said first round draft pick. Then he had the health scare. Then I had to adjust after the health scare because we didn't know what his basketball future looked like. So in the adjustment period, he eases his way back in with USC. USC struggles without him. They struggle with him. He struggles, right? Not looking like a first-round pick anymore after the health scare and after the season he's had. But could he be a first-round pick in 2025? Well, that would be a long shot. Better potential... Likelihood of a scenario is that he goes undrafted, LeBron gets him a spot somewhere as a free agent, and he plays in the summer league. And so that's why I think that his cards would rise in the summer league. There are reports of this on bleacher report on si.com. I think that LeBron will find a way to play next to Bronny. And it could be, I don't think LeBron would play in a summer league, but I think Bronny could be potentially a summer league hype guy. And if that happens, I'm selling, I'm selling my brownies for a profit at that point, but more on that to come. All right. The Minnesota card show, go to cardshowmn.com. You're going to find information about the Minnesota card show, April 18th through the 21st guys. Amazing. Like autograph lineup, 450 plus tables at the St. Paul River Center. I mean, I think this could end up being like a culture collision of the Midwest, to be honest with you. I mean, I know there's a lot of good shows in the Midwest. You've got the Midwest Monster, Chicago Sports Spectacular. You've got the Detroit Sports Spectacular coming up. Shout out Brian Steeler714, my guy in the Detroit area. And we've got the National in Cleveland, obviously, and the Nationals in you know, Chicago a lot. But Minnesota, Minnesota Card Show. Check out cardshowmn.com on Instagram, follow Minnesota underscore card underscore show. We're going to have Isaac Hoffman on the show soon to talk more about the Minnesota Card Show. Uh, Our guy Ryan Hoffman actually attended last year, said it was a great show. Shout out to Nooffseason.com family member Ryan Hoffman. Shout out Isaac Hoffman. We're excited to have you on Minnesota Card Show. Check it out. Cardshowmn.com Instagram Minnesota underscore card underscore show. All right. It's time to get into your QA. Let's get into it, everybody. Mike Lacusta wants to know from you what live golfer do you think will get the most hobby hype? I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer. I think it's gotta be Rom or Mickelson, right? I mean, I think if I'm Panini, like I'm blowing the crap out of Mickelson. I'm blowing the crap out of ROM. I mean, I know there's a lot of other big name guys on live, but I think that's my answer. Mountain link cards and games says, uh, need some advice on selling vintage junk wax from a 100,000 plus card collection. He bought for $500 a couple years ago, mountain lake cards and games. Let us know if you have any specific questions after we've just dropped all the knowledge on you from today's show, but thanks for dropping it in the live chat. Shane Graham. Talking about baseball is back. Churio and James Wood off to good starts. Would it make sense to start listing some of those guys now based off of their strong starts? Well, Shane, at nooffseason.com, we are doing a ton of research. Text sports cards to one 992 5727 That's sports cards to one 992 5727 And you will get our sell alerts. We have not sent out a sell alert for Churio and Wood yet, but I can tell you that we are in the middle of researching Spencer Jones, James Wood, Cheerio, Jackson Holiday, all of these guys. So I don't think it's time to necessarily start listing them unless you want to do it in a buy it now or best offer format because you are able to profit. So if you're able to profit, meaning you're up like the recent sales data shows that you are up from what you paid in for them. And you want to go ahead and list them in a buy it now or best offer? Absolutely, absolutely go ahead and start listing them because that means you're profiting. And that means you're not necessarily in it to try to get the maximum sale price that the card will actually go for, but you're just in it to profit, keep the cash flow moving and keep going. So I like that strategy personally. I'm not trying to get the number one all time sale. From the card. I'm just trying to profit. So, Shane, if you're in a position where you can profit a little bit early from these guys, I'd go for it. Personally, I think I'm probably going to wait a little bit longer on Cheerio, at least into mid March, at least a couple more weeks, if not three more weeks. I just think the hype will continue to rise as more and more people get interested in baseball season. So, I think it's a little bit early, but I don't think it's off. I, I don't think it's off at all. So, good question. One Galaxy Germ. I gave the update on Gary from Hoops and Cards. Fresh content coming with Connor. March 6th. YouTube.com slash at Hoops Cards. Subscribe now. Jordo 1334 Already talked about the fact that at SportsCardSchool.com, tons of information on the eBay vault. Check it out there. A lot of benefits to the eBay vault. I'll rattle a couple of them off. Sales tax. Safety, ease of being able to track your value of your cards from the vault. There's some downside to the vault. I'm not going to lie, but check out sportscardschool.com for more. Marty Neal, hope to see you at the Nash National, brother. Come find us and Craig's Cards 11. We'll be there with Maddox Yoast. Get yoasted. Actually, you don't want to get yoasted, you want to learn how to yoast other people. Okay, Shane Graham asks, I like this one. Thanks, Shane. Paul, are there price differences between Donruss downtowns and Optic downtowns, or are they similarly priced? I'm looking at market movers right now, Shane. They're similarly priced, like to a 2021 Optic PSA 10 downtown, literally the same. Price. It's like $200 less that the Optic sold for versus the Donruss. The Donruss sold last week for 1.33K. And the Optic of the same card, PSA 10, sold for $1.1K this week. So, you know, same thing with Jordan Love. I pulled up a lot of 2020, guys. Same thing with Jordan Love. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. You've got Optic and you've got Don Russ selling for about the same price. I mean... It depends a little bit, though, because it is such a short print, but really it's around the same price for each one. Trevor Lawrence, Don Russ Downtown, and Optic Downtown sell for Don Russ Downtown 1.4K PSA 10 last week. And Optic Downtown sold for, where's the Trevor Lawrence Optic? Oh, I don't have a Trevor Lawrence Optic sale price. Uh, let's see if I can find one. That's just not, These are all just in the last 14 days. These things are selling like hotcakes right now. Trevor Lawrence Optic Downtown. Let's try to find one. Why not? Don Russ, $635, PSA 8. And Trevor Lawrence... No optic sales in the last 180 days. So those other guys, though, love Tua, Jalen, about the same. So great question. Never thought of that. Joel Kaplan says, Paul Hickey is a one-of-one-eyed grade using CSG. Love it, Joel. Love it, Joel. I think I love it. I hope it's not a backhanded compliment. Since CSG is a quality grading company, I love it. Mountain Lake cards and games. Any more players have a million one of ones. So a graded one of ones may stand out above other one and ones. Remember our question of the day was, should you grade a one in one That's a good point, Mountain Lake. I hadn't thought of that one. That's a really good point. All right, Ryan Painter, our guy, says, I'm listening a bit late, but Garland needs to free himself from Donovan Mitchell. One of those two get moved this offseason. Yep. Well, hey, that's another selling marker for my Garland. So I love it. Doubling down on the Garland kabooms. Okay, Mountain Lake had another great question in here that I prepped an answer for um, while, the, while Rob was talking from Rob Opens Wax. Um, he says, thinking of buying a 1992 Bowman baseball hobby box to hunt for Piazza, Mariano Rivera, and other rookies for grading. Thoughts on this? Well, I looked this up. You can get a hobby box for between 400 and $450. 1992 Bowman baseball hobby sealed. I'd go from a reliable seller like Dave and Adams off of eBay has a couple of these listed. Not that these others aren't like uh, Mom Mash Hobby Vintage. These other sellers could be reputable, but if so, you'd be four hundred to four hundred and fifty in, and then like just so you know, a Piazza PSA nine out of that sells for. One sold for 155 last week. One sold for 175 last week. 145 last week. These are Piazza PSA 10s. Piazza PSA 10s. 195 last week. So you could sell the Piazza for between 150 and 175. 195 is the, the top sale. The Rivera in PSA 9, there's a lot of sales for between um, like 80 and $100. So PSA 8 $71. So I don't know. I mean, I think that Okay, so here's a Rivera BGS 9.5 sold for 160 last week. 158. So I don't know, man. Like you could like if you if you get like I don't know what the gem rates are on these cards. Sounds like it could be fun, you know? Sounds like this could be fun for you, Mountain Lake, so I don't hate it. I mean, it's it's probably going to be like anything else. You're probably not going to get your money back, but I think that you could, and it could be fun. So why not do it? And then let us know. Let us know, Mountain Lake, how you did. Boudini's Cards and Comics said, the Griffey card would be my favorite just because those were the best times of my life, and that card remains to be as iconic as ever. Boudini, great call, and thanks for being on the live chat. and. You're right. I mean, that card is popped 40,000. So you're obviously not the only one that loves it. Cleo card says Kepka is the live golfer that he's most excited about around the hype. Looks like that helped Shane Graham. My answer there, Trevor Denton. What's up, Trevor Denton? This is my guy that goes way back to when we worked together in like 2011 we started working together. We worked together from 2011 till about 2013 or 2014. And then he left the company that I was working at to go work for Starbucks and Snap and a bunch of other great companies. Trevor, you're one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Thanks for dipping into the live chat, brother. Are you into sports cards now? Would love that. Trevor Denton, making his debut on the sports card strategy Show. Ziggy, no in the house. Cheers to Ziggy. Joining late must rewind this one. Ziggy, please do. And then please come back and drop a comment because I'd really love a nice, well thought out comment from you on this episode. I really value your input. You add a lot of value here as do others as you know, members of the nooffseason.com family. So yeah, Shane, I thought Optic would sell better too, man. I'm kind of surprised. Um, Ziggy says optics should grade easier. So Don Russ high grade could be. Yeah. I kind of did see that too, Ziggy. Like I failed to mention in the market movers data. I was mentioning that it looked slightly lower pop counts for the Don Russ PSA 10s. So Rusty Amigard says Bronny or Lewis Hamilton to flip at the right time. You got to pick one who you got. I mean, Bronny, because I think Bronny, like I know that people probably think I'm crazy to pick Bronny over Lewis Hamilton. But I see cell markers for Bronny. I'm like that kid from from Sixth Sense. I see cell markers. I don't see cell markers really for Lewis Hamilton. Why? Because Lewis Hamilton already signed, already announced that he's going to race for Ferrari next year. It's weird in F1, he's going to race for Mercedes all this year, then he's going to race for Ferrari. So maybe, Rusty, you could argue that Lewis Hamilton has a selling marker for like his debut race for Ferrari. But I mean, I think Bronny has, has more selling markers than Lewis. And another reason why, I'm going to give you another reason why. Bronny's, low, Bronny's cheap. Bronny's super cheap. Lewis is hard to get. It's hard to get the right cards for. High buy-in, high risk. Bronny, low risk. Selling marker. Bronny James, honestly, might be one of the best sports card flips out there right now. Why? Because he's playing like bunk. He's on a bunk team. He's cheap. And he's still LeBron James Jr. And he's going to play in a summer league. Worst, worst case. All right. Yeah. Mountain Lake says stop for 350 on David Adams. Maybe. Okay. So maybe their eBay listings are at 400 because they got fees and stuff. And then on their website, it's 350 that's smart of dave and adams actually so yeah i mean dude mountain lake if you can get three get it for 350 off of dave and adams direct rather than going through them on ebay you got a higher chance i don't know if you're going to hit a piazza i don't know if you're going to hit a rivera i don't know what the gem rates are on those cards but they are liquid they are selling and if you get like one piazza psa 10 and one rivera psa 9 that pays for your box so i think we've got our answer there everybody thanks so much for being a part of the nooffseason.com family. I really want to know what you think of the show. So drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. For those of you on the podcast apps, thanks for your love and support. DM me on Instagram at SportsCardStrategy or join the Discord at SportsCardStrategy.com. Everybody, I'm headed to CGC for a site visit. I'll see you again on Wednesday with Connor. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at sportscardstrategy and on X at no offseason card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffseason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.